I kind of want to ask you a question to kick this off, oh. and I purposely didn't ask it. Okay. It's because I'm going to ask it live if you're okay with that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, <laughs> I don't know why I asked you that, but, you know. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Bobby Navia. And I am Dorian Weinzimmer. Welcome back, everybody, to The Couch. Uh, hope you've been enjoying the episodes. Yeah. I've, I'm, lately. I'm indifferent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you were here. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I got my jollies out of it. I think they've been coming out pretty good. Yeah, I do. If, if listeners of the couch do not know, I do the editing for he does for the show, so I get to edit Dorian, mm-hmm. which many of you <laughs> might be rolling your eyes, but let me tell you, I got it down to a science. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just show up and you know provide resources for Bobby to <laughs> eventually craft and sculpt into something listenable. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, no, we've got our two, uh, two physical media episodes up right now, Woo! Vinegar Syndrome and the newest one is Criterion, so please give those a listen. Yeah. Criterion's a bit of a whopper. We haven't done a two hour one in a while, but mm-hmm. it was definitely one where I was like, really can't cut any of this. We're just going to, yeah, it's got to be like this. Again, thematically appropriate. Just, yes. you know, buckle up, settle That's in. True. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week we're getting back to uh, a movie trailer. Uh, there's a big movie that comes out next week, Dorian. Yeah. That we're going to cover in the trailer right now. Mm-hmm. And it's not the Batman. It's not. No. <laughs> we actually did the Batman a year and a half ago. Yeah. When the uh, first DC fandom happened, uh, they surprised everybody with uh, a trailer. Or basically, I guess what amounts to... It's a trailer, but it's like a sizzle reel. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was pretty big because at the time, the the Batman, I believe, had... Just shut down because of COVID. Yeah. So it was still shut down and they hadn't really shot anything more. So it was kind of crazy that they had like footage to show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they've uh, since released two more trailers and everything. So if you want to go back and listen to that conversation, yeah, uh, feel free. It's in the feed. Yeah. It was an interesting one because we actually, with Chicago Rot, the film that, um, that I directed and Bobby was an assistant director on um, that we made. Uh, we had a similar thing happen, not COVID enforced, but we ran out of money. Oh yeah, that's and right. We had to cut a trailer when we didn't have like certain important things, like a villain, you know, filmed yet, <laughs> <laughs> um, and had to kind of figure it out, you know. So it was cool to look at their trailer and try to sort of like, you know, kind of pick apart like what they actually had to work with, right? You know, that they were able to, you know, even utilize to craft a trailer from, mm-hmm. and all that stuff, and and also our film Chicago Rod also has like a a Batman style vigilante <laughs> character at the heart. So there were just, it was kind of a funny uh, parallel between experiences we'd had and uh, this film. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Batman comes out next week. Mm-hmm. I'm going. Dorian's not. Nope. But if it's any as good as they're saying, I might try and convince Dorian. We'll see. We'll see. It's going to be on. Maybe I'll catch him on a good day. It's going to be on the Hibbo uh, <laughs> 45 days after release. Um, so I might just, I might just watch it at home. All right. Yeah. But we'll see. It's going to be an IMAX. It's going to be in a premium format. Yeah. <laughs> premium. Premium. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's another movie that opens next week, uh, in limited release. It's a movie called After Yang. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's directed by, uh, Koganada. Am I saying that right? I think so. Koganada. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's directed by Koganada who, uh, did a, <clears throat> His first feature film was a movie called Columbus, and then he has done a lot of uh, short work on um, Criterion special features. Is that right? 
Yeah, and uh, even like I think prior to that, even was just like making like visual essays. Okay, yeah, and yeah, posting them online. I remember seeing some of his uh, uh, Ryan, our cinematographer for Rod. I remember like a long time ago showing me some of his stuff on uh, Vimeo. Okay, um, he had done a lot of really cool, you know, just sort of pieces where he, you know, like he was one that was that I remember distinctly where he was illustrating um, Stanley Kubrick's like single point perspective. Okay, uh, that he utilizes in a lot of his shots. And so he, you know, with some music and stuff, just really sort of artfully cut together a lot of his shots that utilize this kind of same perspective in the composition. Okay. Um, so, you know, they all kind of like matched up. And through it, you could see this like through line through oh. all of his movies, you know, in like a minute. Right. And it was really cool. It just like kind of broke down this guy's visual style to like its most essential component. Oh, interesting. <laughs> really okay. succinctly, you know, and just made it. It didn't even need to be explained. Like mm-hmm. you just watched it and you're like, I get it, you know. Gotcha. Um, so really, really cool stuff. And I think it was from that that he got you know oh no <laughs> uh i'm knocking over box sets um we're just swimming in movies over here yeah <laughs> but there's just stacks and stacks yep. of them everywhere but i think it was because of the attention he got um you know through doing posting these videos on like vimeo and youtube and stuff that uh he got work with criterion at least gotcha. that's my guess yeah right, and then, right, right. you know obviously had aspirations of his own mm-hmm. and was able to get that film columbus off the ground right uh which i uh regrettably still have not seen actually. i haven't seen it either yeah. uh i was just looking it up i was looking him up on imdb and you know just reading some of the headline reviews mm-hmm. you know for it which have all just been uh praising it as a really good movie. Yeah, so it looked great. Yeah. I remember watching i remember the trailer for it i mean mm-hmm. it's, it, visually it looks really stunning yeah and uh uh, weirdly enough, I, I read a case study about its distribution. Oh. Uh, yeah, because they had a really, you know, they they went about it in some unconventional ways. And, okay. You know, they were sort of <clears throat> one of those indie films that was able to become successful because they really smartly leveraged data collection and, you know, things like that. Mm. Uh, or, you know, uh, the ability to target specific markets where the movie would be of interest Okay. And could get word of mouth oh, going, right. you know, yeah, rather yeah. than just like, let's just put it wherever we can. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, okay, we only have the money to like do a few things, so let's be really smart about it. And they mm-hmm. like, I think they, you know, had a really successful festival run and got a bunch of offers, you know, for the movie, mm-hmm. none of which they liked. Hmm. Um, so they like rejected all of them and just went back to the drawing board. And I think after the movie had its successful festival run, spent like six or seven months just like researching what the best way to self-distribute this movie would be. Wow. And then, you know, went about it their own way and did it very successfully. Oh, wow. I didn't know uh, that. Yeah. So I believe, so the Sundance Institute um, has released case studies on like a few movies okay. uh, that have like dis- so done self-distribution uh-huh. in like current era. Okay. Uh, you know, leveraging social media and things like that, you know, in ways that are actually effective mm-hmm. <laughs> rather than just the like typical, Oh, make like three posts a day and just bombard everyone all the yeah. fucking time. You know, it's like, no, you can work smart instead. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, the, the data is out there for mm-hmm. you to be able to figure these things out if you're willing to. So yeah, it just it was, it was very in line with what I've seen of the movie, which is all, you know, very architectural Yes, and everything, you know, all these like clean, like precise <laughs> engineered, like lines and stuff. It feels like their distribution strategy, you know, followed that as well. Just as rigid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, but really worked out for them. And it was a really, for someone who is, you know, thinking about self-distribution in the future, um, you know, it was really uh, enlightening piece to read and awesome. really cool. And I'm very grateful to the filmmakers for being so willing to share this information as well. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. 
really, really cool. So that's my relationship with this movie I've never seen. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. And I've just never seen it, but I heard it's good. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, so after Yang is the second movie. Uh, the trailer is up now. It's A24. A24 in Showtime? Yeah. Which is really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so I assume it'll have a, a run in theaters and then maybe go straight to Showtime. I think it's on Showtime same day. Oh, is it really? Yeah. No shit. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. Crazy. Limited theatrical release and on Showtime on the 4th. Oh, wow. Jeez. Yeah. Um, so anyways, it stars uh, Colin Farrell, Jody Turner-Smith, and Justin H. Uh, Min as the titular Yang. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, the plot for this movie is, uh, in the near future, a family reckons with questions of love, connection, and loss after their AI helper unexpectedly breaks down. So uh, so I wanted to talk about this trailer because yeah. it's a smaller movie. It's an indie movie. And uh, a lot of these Quote movies... Quote, unquote, indie movie. Indie movie. <laughs> yeah. um, and a lot of these movies open up against like big movies, like mm-hmm. this one is doing against the Batman. Yeah, Colin Farrell's opening against Colin Farrell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Which Farrell do you want this weekend? <laughs> So, um, but my first question for you, uh, and I guess this can kind of go, uh, you know, morph its way into what you thought of the trailer is earlier this week, you and I saw, uh, worst person in the world. Yeah. And then, um, we went to the music box to see it. And then we were talking about that movie, uh, afterwards and you brought up about how you don't really watch trailers anymore mm-hmm. or like you don't like seek them out maybe as much yeah. to watch and everything. And so like I kind of wanted to ask you if there's a certain type of movie trailer that gets you excited. Maybe mm-hmm. not so much. Uh, maybe like let's take away, you know, director or writer being attached to said movie. Like if you're you know going to watch a trailer for, you know, a new uh, Ming Lai Sai movie. Yeah. Did I right. pronounce that right? Yeah. I did. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, who we've been talking about and will continue to talk about. Goddamn right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was just curious because my first thought after like watching this movie is like I, I still am excited by like this trailer excites me. I want to watch this mm-hmm. movie uh, for particular reasons. But um, I want to ask you yeah. if there's a certain <laughs> kind of trailer or, okay. or anything that gets you excited. or is it Or is it really just kind of like maybe shuffling the you know mortal coil on yeah <laughs> those bits of promotional yeah content it's uh yeah i mean part of it is just like you know my distrust of trailers it's just like even if the trailer does get me excited this is like no indicator that the movie will achieve that right you know so i'm just like I, whatever even if it gets me excited it's such like a cheap thrill you know yeah. and like a false victory uh-huh um so yeah i mean you know occasionally there's things like you know if like the trailer for days the last mingling oh movie, yeah yeah, um, yeah they released a little trailer for that uh-huh. um you know and i watched it and that got me excited but that was just because like i just got to see a few of his images you know yeah, right. and like that's just exciting to me because mm-hmm. i know i'm you know i know this trailer is not going to tell me anything yeah right <laughs> and there might not really even be a whole lot to tell Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, just being able to see something from him, you know, the way he composes images and stuff, it's like, you can kind of like feel their soul, <laughs> right. Even just looking at them briefly, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like, that's really cool. And that's just like, okay, great. I can't, you know, I'm still as excited as I was prior to watching this about seeing this movie, Yeah, right. you know? So I don't know that it really con- even at its best, I don't know that it actually contributed anything, you know? <laughs> um, so 
yeah, it's weird. It's, it is one of those things that just more and more, I don't know when I've watched them recently. And then I just find myself now, I'm like, I don't even find myself looking for them or anything. There's so many. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, I don't even care to like shuffle through these. Yeah. Like, I think I know enough people and, you know, have other resources for finding films that like, you know, the ones that are worth watching will, will find their way to me. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, I much prefer that to like sifting through the enormity Mm -hmm. of trailers that, yeah, are, are flying around out there nowadays. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not like, opposed to what like now i'm not gonna watch it you know it's like yeah whatever i don't care and and you know again there's also things so many of the trailers just they show you too much also so it's like i'd rather not that's you true. know if i'm even remotely interested it's like okay well i just don't even want to see it then because it's going to tell me yeah 80 percent of the story right you now um especially anything nowadays as you've remarked on that says final trailer yeah, final trainer. Not like, don't doing it. don't do it. Don't do it. It's just the whole movie. Don't it's based. It's for trailer. anyone who's like on the fence. Yeah, you know, still at that point, and it's like, eh, I really don't know. And they're like, all right, let's just tell you everything, and then see if you're interested. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I guess I wish more more big budget movies were taking some, uh, more artistic shots yeah. with trailers. Like if the trailer to Fast and Furious Ten was just a black screen and just audio. And then the only shot we got was of everybody who's back in the movie. Yeah. I'd be happy. You know, so actually I think I know what my answer would be to your question. Okay. A trailer that would theoretically get me excited. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's something that like nobody really does anymore, which is like shooting something that's just for the trailer. Oh, like okay. some, it's not actually in the movie. Yeah. Like the trailer is kind of like its own little yeah. short thing. There's actually, um, I think it was the trailer for like the original, uh, the omen, the first uh-huh. one. There's a the Richard Donner one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. There's a really cool trailer. That's just like the camera, like slowly moving in on like a swing mm-hmm. with like this, like ominous voiceover, like about, you know, it's like the poster text about like, you Oh know, Damien yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Stuff. And, like, that's all it is. Right. And it's fucking awesome. And it's not part of the movie. It's mm-hmm. just, like, this cool little thing that they shot and made that as just sort of like a, you know, instead of showing you a bunch of stuff from the movie, this is just sort of more, like, tonally huh, okay. kind of like an introduction to, yeah. like, what the movie's going to be and, like, an enticement of what it could be. I wonder when that stopped because you saying that, you know, famously there's that uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man trailer. That got pulled from oh, theaters yeah. uh, after 9-11. That's right. Uh, and it was literally a whole short film. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, with some CGI shots of Spider-Man swinging, uh, you know, after uh, after that whole bit. But, um, I mean, I remember seeing that in theaters before it got pulled. And I, I wonder when trailers as actual, like, new promotional content, like, actually stopped. Yeah, right. That's interesting. That's actually very good. Like, that'd be really cool. If I saw a trailer that did that, like, nowadays, I'd be like, all right, now now I'm intrigued. You yeah. Know? Like, this is more, <laughs> you know, what a trailer should be, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that would be the thing that would probably get me excited nowadays. Because, I mean, a lot of, you know, a lot of trailers now, too. It's like just the structure and the rhythm and the pacing to them. It's like, you know, there's, it's like, choose an extra value meal at mcdonald's <laughs> basically yeah yeah it's like okay do you want like you know the horror a or the horror b yeah. you know trailer <laughs> number one or number two whatever yeah. <laughs> um 
yeah but they all kind of come in the same you know style there's like the a24 style horror trailer there's like the studio horror trailer mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. um so so yeah it's just it's become a little just kind of boring to watch yeah yeah because um, i'm more interested in just like what are you doing with like single images you know to like okay create something that is like visually compelling and like something I've legitimately like never seen mm-hmm. and like actually like strikes me in a different way, you know, than, than anything else yeah. I've seen previously. Like that's more of what I'm looking for out of movies is like how you're able to utilize individual images rather than how many you've slapped together mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, as quickly as possible, which is, you know, the style nowadays. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, so I was thinking about another one, last one. Uh, the trailer for social network oh yeah yeah i mean we did a whole uh weird cell phone video cast oh yeah we tried to do (laughs) that yeah that's right (laughs) (laughs) one of the earliest incarnations of the couch was uh you got to see dorian mine and dorian's face while Mm -hmm. we talked about these things and sat on the couch and we sat on the couch and uh we did a couch episode where we shot it all on a uh phone yeah on an old Android phone. Yeah. And, and guess what footage was like fucking uneditable. <laughs> the like dot three GP or whatever <laughs> files that came off of there. Uh, yeah. Final cut wasn't having it at the time. It wasn't that much. Yeah. It was not. So um, left to the void, but it was a great discussion. It was good. Bobby convinced me it was, I was not cause I just very, I've always been very anti Facebook. Mm-hmm. And so when I first heard about this movie, I was like, fuck. Oh, that. yeah, I remember that. You fuck were not that Facebook yeah. movie. I don't care if it's Fincher. Panic Room sucked, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then, you know, you can listen to our best of the decade podcast to yeah. hear where I landed <laughs> on that one. So uh, eventually I was proven quite wrong. The movie is very, very anti Facebook uh, yeah. in the best ways. And um, yeah, no, but Bobby, you know, his. Uh, his interpretation of the trailer uh, was something I hadn't considered in the haze of anger in which I was <laughs> viewing it. And uh, it was very enlightening and made me realize like, Oh shit, I might actually be, I might be looking at this the wrong way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a very good trailer. It is a really good trailer. Mm-hmm. And it is just, it's a series of images yeah. over a cover of a song and it's just audio of conversations yeah. that are happening. Snippets, yeah. yeah. That from the movie. And I, I mean, I'm sure later trailers had some footage in it, but I, I don't remember there being any footage from the movie mm-hmm. in that trailer. Yeah. Or its teaser, at least. Which, uh, yeah, man, fuck. I never really thought about that. I feel like I'm going to go back and try and find, like, old trailers and just watch them. Yeah. And just, like, <laughs> look at the difference. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, all right. So the After Yang trailer. Mm-hmm. How does the After Yang trailer hit you? Uh, I mean, it, you know, it looks interesting. Yeah. Like, you know, this is a guy like his, you know, the images in this trailer are very striking. There's a lot yes. of stuff in here that looks pretty, uh, gorgeous, you mm-hmm. know, and just coming in knowing like, you know, the stuff, obviously where he's coming from as a filmmaker, having seen his visual essays and extrapolating from that, obviously those are the bigger influences on him. Yeah. Uh, which are all highly respectable. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, and, and being impressed by, what I know of Columbus. <laughs> yeah, right. So flimsy. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I like I'm interested in this movie, you know, and mm-hmm. then and and not being super familiar with him, you know, because I haven't actually seen his film. Right, yeah. Um, seeing the trailer is a little more of interest because I don't really know this guy's like style. I don't have him 
you know, codified. Right. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, this is what Kogonata does. You yes. Know? Yes. So, uh, so seeing that is really cool. And there's like some interesting things in the trailer too that I'm like, I'm really intrigued by as far as like whether they're intentionally being oblique uh, or if this is just meant to be like the visual language of the trailer, in mm-hmm. which case I really like that because it's already kind of like giving the audience credit for, you know, being able to assemble some thoughts in their own heads. Yeah. Right. Instead of having to force feed you everything. Yeah. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, there is, uh, you know, there's a point in this trailer where you know we start getting like some aspect ratio changes mm-hmm. where it goes from like a like a letterboxed image to like a full like widescreen image yeah yeah um and uh you know and then at a certain point we see colin farrell wearing these sunglasses mm-hmm. and uh the little girl i think comes up to him and is like oh what are you watching you know and i don't even know if he's wearing them at that point it's just the same shot that we right. saw him wearing them in earlier yeah. but now you know she's asking this and so you're led to believe that this is some sort of technology that allows him to like, you know, revisit memories or it's just like a screen. He's watching old sort of quote unquote home movies mm-hmm. as it were. Um, but, you know, with the aspect ratio change, it's interesting because there's this, uh, I think I mentioned this to you when we first watched the trailer, um, Douglas Trumbull, who just recently passed away. Actually, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, who's special effects wizard, you know, pioneered, did all the special effects for 2001 mm-hmm. um, and many other movies and stuff. But um he did a movie called um was it fucking uh brainstorm yeah mm-hmm. i think it's brainstorm i was one natalie wood died while they were making this movie okay um it was that one christopher walken's in it and stuff but it's the same so there's a like virtual reality uh in this movie and so most of the movie is 35 millimeter and then when we go into virtual reality they shot it in 70 millimeter with this like oh, really okay you know so there's this big aspect it be- all of a sudden becomes like you know this giant image and sort of fish-eyed too they really really exaggerated it um but yeah just you know cool to see like another movie that's kind of like playing with that idea because you know unfortunately that was the actually the coolest part of brainstorm (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) um was that uh movie was you know really so so i'm just reading the plot on imdb and the first thought in my head was like no shit yeah, <laughs> researchers develop a system where they can jump into people's minds, but when people That's involved bring their personal problems into the equation, it becomes dangerous, perhaps deadly. Whoopsie daisy. Well, yeah, <laughs> dude. Um, so yeah, uh, um, it's cool to see, and so like I like seeing that idea that it, you know, it was just one of those things that immediately, like on a personal level, mm-hmm. you know, because I saw I saw a brainstorm and like a seventy millimeter print at Music Box, and there were like fifteen people in the theater, you know. Okay. So to see this movie and see this guy playing with the same idea, and, mm-hmm. you know, feeling like, oh man, this guy saw that movie and had the same thought, like, oh man, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. But that needs to be used way better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Um. So, yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm intrigued by that uh, as well element and the fact that it's not like laid out for you. You know, most trailers would be like, oh, this is our new VR technology, you know, or like whatever. It's these, it's these yes. shades. You'd see, you know, the trailer would start with the fucking commercial for them. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like new from Abbott Industries. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, and this just, you know, kind of goes out of its way to like not do that, but also just sort of like I feel like if you're just paying attention, you know, you'll you'll get it. Right. And, you know, I'm happy to see even the trailer kind of like is trusting the audience that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was actually what kind of excited me about the trailer. Really. Okay. I All mean, right. you know, the premise and everything sounds interesting. I yeah. like a good sci-fi story. Right. Right. Especially like kind of a low key one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, more like, 
you know, the mundane daily life of people living in this science fiction future mm-hmm. <laughs> more so than like the intergalactic battles going on, you know, <laughs> to get us there. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm into the subject matter for sure, but, you know, just seeing that style, uh, coming into the trailer was mm-hmm. like, what was actually kind of exciting. Okay. So it's like, okay, cool. If the storytelling in the movie is, you know, going to be kind of like that, you know, where it's really, we're just going to kind of, yeah, we're going to act as if, you know, like we all live here, we all know what this place is and like what the rules are instead of having this, you know, pedantic explanation of like every little thing about the world mm-hmm. kind of like let the audience, you know, just like observe it and like understand it on their own. Right. Um, is, you know, the feeling I got from the trailer and I'm really hoping that extends into the film. Gotcha. Yeah. That's a lot of the stuff that I liked about the trailer too. There's the, the first thing, you know, the first image in the trailer, aside from the opening credits for like a 24 and, and showtime is, uh, what looks like a, family photo that's about to be taken Mm -hmm. and uh what i notice in that first shot are everyone's clothes everyone is sort of dressed in sort of like a modern type of futuristic japanese kimono uh type of dress tunics yeah right tunics um so i i i every time i've watched the trailer which has been a handful of times i'm i'm paying more close attention to what everybody is wearing at any given time just to Mm -hmm. see if there's a uh a difference between like what Colin Farrell wears as opposed to um, the gentleman who is looks like he's a mechanic who fixes uh, these AI yeah. uh, beings, uh, you know, to what he's wearing, whether it's I think it's like jeans and a shirt or something like that. You know, something a little bit more basic. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but no, I, I, I get what you're saying about the aspect ratio changes with everything. At first, I thought it might be like uh, how Yang sees memory mm-hmm. uh, because this. uh because the way the trailer's edited, like when Colin Farrell is calling him over and he's just standing there, we kind of go to one of those uh, aspect ratio changes. And for me, I just thought like it kind of almost shuts down like a television. Right. You yeah. know, like a tube TV. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, oh, OK, this is where he this is where the problems start to happen. Right. You know, that, that kind of thing. So and maybe that's what those glasses are is like he gets to he can view, you know, the memory banks or something like yeah. that. And he's looking through his eyes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing that was I noticed in in those it's like you but you see all four of them, I think all four of the family members in the frame. When in the memories, watching. yeah, okay. So yeah, that's yeah. the part that kind of threw. Okay, like what is there like a camera? You know, it's the future it could be a little drone camera type. Yeah, of thing or right, right. So who knows? But um, yeah, either way, it's interesting the way it's divulged or not. You know, divulged in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, which I mean is a good thing. Yeah, like, I would. I mean, if. If I didn't know, I mean, I, I guess I'd be fine with it just to just to figure something else out, uh, you know, for myself mm-hmm. as the viewer. But uh, I also got like really, really, really heavy um, Terrence Malick vibes mm-hmm. from it as well. Uh, and the world just feels like lived in. It just yeah. everything just sort of feels uh, there's nothing about this futuristic world that seems alien to me, despite the subject matter of uh, essentially losing a member of your family. Right. Uh, the only difference is it's a robot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it seems like the trailer. Hey, Robo fam is still fam. It's still fam. Yeah, it is. I mean, but the trailer, uh, the, when I watched it today uh, before you came over, the vibe I got from the story of the trailer is. I feel like Colin Farrell and the and the wife uh, know that they can bring Yang back, but I think they're trying to decide whether or not they continue living a life where they have 
uh, an AI uh, living in their home uh, mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. And that's what I get from Colin Farrell with the glasses. And um, I think that's what he's trying to do in, in trying to figure out whether or not to, uh, you know, repair repair Yang or something like that. Mm-hmm. I could be totally wrong, but yeah. I just kept yeah. getting the, aside from, aside from like, oh man, there's a member of the family and, you know, he's, he's gone and do we fix him? The more and more I've watched the trailer, it's, it's almost kind of like, a, um, you know, do, do we pull the plug for the better type of thing? Mm-hmm. You know, like how, how, you know, uh, and it could be, I could be completely wrong because I'm also trying to think about like the world yeah. that this is inhabiting too. And like how much of the world is sort of, leaning on uh, AI or, you know, technology in a way where maybe it has become really debilitating for people. And they've now decided like these two parents are just like, this may be like the best thing Mm -hmm. to happen is that uh, our AI sort of shuts down and we can just let this go. Yeah. You know? Uh, So that's one thing that I've, it's been kind of on my mind lately while, while watching the trailers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there is a like brief mention of, you know, the, the mechanic dude, mentions that like oh we you know we know some of these have spyware installed oh, yeah. in them so i don't know if that's something he like discovers when he like goes into yang Mm-mm. and finds that maybe like there's some something nefarious going on <laughs> yeah. you know with this and they have to decide whether you know they care about that you know it could um you know to to have a member of the family you know with them as it were right which you know i think would be very prescient message in today's times as far as you know you can see the the you know, parallels to like data collection nowadays. Like, are you willing to basically be spied on in your own home in order to have these conveniences? And it's like, well, what if those conveniences become something more than a convenience? Right. Becomes an actual family member. Yeah. Then, you know, are you going to care that, you know, how much more invasive could the invasion of privacy be Mm -hmm. if the attachment to the thing doing the invading (laughs) is that much, you know, deeper. Right. You know, so, you know, very much seems like that's, maybe some of the, you know, messaging that's going on within mm. the film or just some of the social commentary, you know, cause that's what every, we've talked about this before. Like every good science fiction piece is really commenting on here and now, right? Yes. You know, you take something that's going on here and you intensify it and put it in a far off situation where you can make it everything. And, yeah. You know, um, really take that thing and, and dig into it. So this seems to be, you know, that's my guess as far as like sort of what the, underlying bit of social commentary is you know that's mm-hmm. going on with this this film mm-hmm. um which is cool i mean it's a cl- really clever way of doing it and i think it's something that you know is a, an interesting question yeah you know it, it speaks to a lot of things that are developing rapidly technologically nowadays you mm-hmm. know and, and some of the moral dilemmas that are inherent to them yeah um before we were doing before we were like planning this episode and stuff i kind of had uh we, we did come off watching um, Worst Person in the World and uh, coming-of-age movies were, were kind of on my mind. Yeah. And um, there's a part of me that feels like this is kind of like a a little bit of like a coming-of-age movie. There's a there's a, a little girl uh, in, in the movie and, uh, and stuff. And uh, I just... I have like a... There's like a little bit of DNA in it for me in terms of um, us even as, you know... Um, adults still coming into like another age, you know, and kind of like how we deal with technology or don't deal with technology. Actually, kind of like your breakdown a little bit, a little <laughs> bit better than than mine of the trailer and stuff. But um, would you consider like this movie like a coming of age when you think about coming of age? 
Um, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I guess I just didn't, I didn't really like see that element mm-hmm. to it. I, I was more focused. Yeah. I think on sort of the lens, I look at a lot of science fiction through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, which is like, yeah. Cause that's what I enjoy about sci-fi is the way that they extrapolate and, mm-hmm. you know, sort of, um, you know, can put, can put, uh, developing social or, you know, like moral issues into a pressure cooker, <laughs> you know? Yeah, right, right, right. Um, which is, you know, you can look at them in some far off sort of like fantastical way and weigh their ju- values and then see their relationship to today and go, oh, shit. It's <laughs> 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 um, what the best sci-fi does. But, uh, yeah. but anyway, so I was really looking at it through that. So, yeah, I mean, because it, it seems so much more like Colin Farrell is really like the main character. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I'm guessing they're you know they're as a family unit right, that right, right. is probably really the central character of mm-hmm. the movie. Um, I'm sure you know there will be a lot of like this little girl dealing with you know losing a family member, so to speak. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know, true. and then yeah. also again the sort of like how do you explain you know if this also becomes their choice, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, to do this like how do you explain that to a child and things like that. So I don't know. I usually see coming of age as like more in like the you know teens to 20s and then now with worst person in the world like late 20s to 30s i guess that's what like stuff. i think that's what maybe um i mean yeah there's a the little girl in it but i i guess i guess worst person in the world has kind of made me really like reframe coming of age stories sure and made me actually think of like um like my parents who are in their 60s like there could potentially be like a coming of age story for my parents totally age demographic <laughs> and i guess not until seeing, you know, worst person in the world that I, I didn't really have like a firm grasp on a coming of age story for somebody in their, you know, uh, late 20s to early 30s. Yeah, that wasn't um, an insufferable like rom-com, mm-hmm. to be honest. I mean, totally. because I think those I think rom-coms are sort of like the definition of like, well, yeah, these are the coming of age stories of like, you know, having all these terrible breakups and then you find the one and it's just, we ride off into the sunset and that's what it is. Yeah. You know, (laughs) one hadn't really been like tackled that way. And so I think it's sort of reframe. It's reframed my outlook on looking at parents in movies or actors that portray parents Mm -hmm. and what they are having to go through at that time to sort of like, you know, come more into their age or make like a age appropriate decision to, you know, um, no pun intended, like pull the plug. I know use it, you know, on, on a family member yeah. or, you know, say goodbye or explain it to like a little girl and stuff like that. And so, uh, and I agree. I don't think that that's the, um, like main narrative thrust of the movie. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I, I, I don't feel that, but it's kind of just another like layer for sure that's been yeah. put on. That's been, uh, that I've added to it for myself to just kind of think about it because I'd, I'd be willing to bet I'm closer in age to, oh, well, not bet. I know I'm closer in age to like Colin Farrell than I am the little girl. Uh-huh. So like, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, that's just sort of like an idea and a thought that came to me uh, post worst person in the world. But then like watching this trailer again. Yeah. Um, especially with him looking back at what we think are all these memories mm-hmm. of, you know, the family and Yang and, 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 and all of that. Right. Yeah. No, it's a. Uh... I mean, it makes sense that, you know, coming of age is it's not like every sort of, I don't know, era of life has its own unique yeah, right. <laughs> situations and challenges that come along with, mm-hmm. you know, being in, in that age group. So, like, you know, the coming of age story could really apply to like kind of any age range in a lot of ways, definitely, you know, and definitely. Like, sure. Yeah, we think of it as I, you know, uh, 
narrow-mindedly just defined it earlier about like no it's this time period you know we were just talking about our worst person in the world kind of like no it shifted that because like generationally that is a little bit more yeah the coming of age you know age range Mm -hmm. um but no i mean you know just hearing you talk about it now it's like no it does make sense it's like you know there is a point where you go from like you know being a child being like an adolescent you know yeah time when you go from being a teenager to being an adult and like when you go from being a you know a 20 something to a person in their thirties, you know? Mm -hmm. And again, it's like the age itself. Sure. It's just a number, but there's still just like things that develop over time in your life and in the people's lives that, you know, you're surrounded with because of that age group. Right. Right. You know, they definitely, they hit certain milestones at certain periods Mm -hmm. where things become statistically more likely to happen, like, you know, children and illness and, you know, all that type of stuff along the way. So certainly there's like a new kind of like reckoning, yeah, that comes with each of those you yeah, know, yeah. eras. And so, yeah, as you're saying, it could be, you know, an eight year old or it could be a 60 year old. That's kind of like having that kind of moment, mm-hmm. you know, and it would be just as applicable. It would just be different. You know, yeah. it would look different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, because I feel like a lot of the times I will. I, I if this movie ends up being uh, good and like I like it, I could yeah. see this. I could see this being a moment where like I. uh I'm fond of telling, you know, people that like if they want to get to know me well, like watch these handful of movies because they're an accurate representation of maybe like a thought that I have or like an emotion or anger or this and that, you know. And, um, you know, I feel like watching this, watching this trailer, but and then watch ho- hopefully watching the movie will be maybe like another one of the one of the none of the movies that get added into that sort of, you mm-hmm. know, um, rolodex yeah of like watch after yang uh-huh you know, it'll, it'll help with x y and z yeah you know or just make you think about like life in 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 particular ways you know can you think of a sci-fi movie that sort of you went from like child to adult with because sometimes there's every once in a while like i think that kind of goes hand in hand sometimes with sci-fi movies whether they're sort of like grounded low-key sci-fi movies like this Mm -hmm. or you know like a like a star wars yeah right uh where you're kind of where your where your idea i guess of maybe the future shifts as a a person (laughs) and you're just like oh shit okay like (laughs) it's not just about the force anymore right uh, yeah you know (laughs) yeah no definitely i mean yeah of course grew up with star wars like everyone yeah um and uh yeah you know but my relationship with star wars has only changed like for the worse over time True. Like for me personally. Yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, um, I mean, I would probably, I would definitely put like Blade Runner in that camp. Okay. Yeah. Um, cause definitely when I was younger, you know, that was one that I just thought it like looked cool, yes. you know, like all the neon uh-huh. and like, you know, all of the elements that like are there superficially, but are like totally not what the movie's like actually about or doing. Right. You know, like I thought Decker looked cool in his jacket, like running through <laughs> the ring with a gun and stuff, you know, and shit like that. Um, and just like, you know, I thought the world was really cool. And then it was like when I got older and started to realize, you know, like what its messages were about humanity, the nature of humanity and mm-hmm. things like that and experience, you know, and, and all that type of stuff and, you know, the deeper context of it and just like why I thought the world was so interesting because like how different it envisioned the future, you know, okay. that it wasn't this like glossed over, like everything's really cool and perfect. It mm-hmm. is kind of like a, now it's just like a shithole, but yeah (laughs) looks different it's actually like kind of worse um just super you know hyper industrialized kind of like brutalist architecture and stuff like no real care for yeah the surrounding 
planet, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like a place to heap things upon. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, you know, I never, when I was younger, I didn't really look at it Think like that, that. Yeah. you know, <laughs> and then like to realize I grew up, like really understand like the layers of like what was going on there. It was really cool. Uh huh. Nice. Yeah. Nice. What about yourself? Yeah. I grew up with star Wars as well. Uh, you know, as, as people will know, if you're avid listeners, it's been an ebb and flow, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. with, with, <laughs> with all of that. Um, but, uh, I think to jump off of yours, I mean, Blade Runner 2049, maybe a bit more from, for me, even though I know you're a big fan of that movie as well, yeah. but like, I didn't grow up watching Blade Runner, like mm-hmm. the, the, the first one. And so it was only until the first, and it was only until Blade Runner 2049 came out that I exposed myself to the, that first movie, uh, and, and got to see what that all, all that was about. And then it just sort of seemed that the sequel really like, uh, really hit that nerve a little bit more, like, like more of the skin was gone. Uh-huh. Just like <laughs> just hit a little bit more. Um, and that's also like another thing. I think that's kind of what I like about, uh, maybe like a majority of like sci-fi movies, uh, are, uh, this commentary on, you know, literally after Yang, that's like one of the title cards is just like, or like hints at what it is to be human. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like, I like those conversations and I like those thoughts and ideas and, but I like a lot how they're expressed too. Uh, especially with like Blade Runner 2049, something like, uh, I was, I'm like looking at a list of like sci-fi movies, something like Gattaca mm-hmm. as oh, well, sure. you yeah. know, like that was another one, uh, that was really big, uh, Interstellar still mm-hmm. you know yeah. uh i think the last time i watched interstellar that uh, um the idea of love being s- something that can go across like galaxies yeah you know i, I like i it just sort of kind of hit on me hit yeah. me <laughs> the, the most recent watch and i was like fuck like i never really thought about like the emotion of love mm-hmm. as as being something like sci-fi or something being something used in a sci-fi movie that's just so like sure. potent like that, but that's kind of incredible that it's just it's just that. That's there's no more explanation other than, you know, that. Yeah. Sorry, I kind of <laughs> lost kind of lost it there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, no, uh, I can't really think of any other like sci-fi movies that have been real. Um, I think I have like. It's either got to be like big and loud and, you know, we're fighting some sort of, you know, evil empire yeah. spectacle, spectacle, science fantasy. Right. Yeah. Or it's got to just be like pensive, thought provoking, you know, uh, quote unquote, low budget, you mm-hmm. know, stuff like that. I rewatched like Sunshine a couple months ago, mm-hmm. um, which uh, I hadn't watched in years and really, really liked it. Uh, it does go bonkers at the end, but, uh, yeah. you know. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, something like that as well. Something as simple as like restarting the sun, you know, it's such a big, uh, Oh my God, the other two, the last two would be, uh, and well, the last two for me would be, um, uh, I origins and another earth. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, sci-fi grounded sci-fi movies that have like these giant, giant, giant ideas, but are so minimal in the way they tell the story of mm-hmm. these giant ideas, you know, and it's not like a way to dumb it down at all, but, um, in some ways it just helps with, you know, makes it more approachable in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I would say, I would definitely say like another earth, at least in the last like 10 years yeah. has been a pretty seminal for sure. You know, yeah, that's an awesome one. Yeah. Sci-fi one, which I haven't watched in a really long time. That might even be more than 10 years old now. 
Really? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I'm not even gonna look it up. Yeah. Fuck it. I want to say that's like oh nine ah, or like two thousand ten or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, so those would be those would be my picks for for uh, sci-fi movies that have really kind of hit. Yeah. Hit, but yeah, no, I mean, I really like this trailer. I mean, one of the reasons I just wanted to talk about it was just to highlight it more. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't really see like a lot of promotional advertising for, sure, for it. Yeah. I feel like it's going to really fly under the radar. You know, uh, and um, it's a weird choice to open against Batman. Yeah, Batman. yeah, it it really is. I mean, especially after what happened when Spider Man came out with like Nightmare Alley, like oh my god, yeah, 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 just everything else just suffered. They were pulling those movies out of theaters to make more seats for fucking Spider Man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, you can get you bet your ass after Yang's the first thing <laughs> getting pulled out of the Regal. It's getting pulled. <laughs> <laughs> so they can show more more of the Batman because yeah. it's three hours. Also, they gotta open up as many screens as they yeah. can to get more shows in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This one's only hour thirty six. Nice. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Feels great. Um, big fan of Colin Farrell. Yeah. <laughs> I'm loving that he's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> you know. He's doing it. Good sober Colin Farrell. Mm-hmm. At least I think he's sober. You know. Yeah. Whatever. If not, you know, that's cool too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I'm excited to see him in the Batman. Yeah. But yeah, I'm also just digging that he's, uh, getting back with in, in this movie too. Yeah. No, I'll definitely be checking this out. It looks really, really interesting. Are you going to, you thinking you're going to go to the movies or you're going to showtime it? I don't know. I'll see where it's planned. Yeah. I don't have showtime. Uh, so yeah, I'll see if there's a free trial. I might've used that up a long time ago though. So <laughs> who knows? But, uh, but no, if I can, uh, if it's shown somewhere, I haven't actually looked where it's going to be playing around here. But, I would uh, hope it'd be playing at the, I mean, hope it'd be yeah. playing at the century. If anything, yeah, you know, totally. Which I haven't been there in forever. I haven't been there since, yeah. Post COVID at yeah. all. I don't think so. I haven't been there since uncut gems. That was probably the last time I was there too. Cause we were yeah. together for that one. Yeah. Yeah. That was like December, 2019. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Been a minute. (laughs) It has. (laughs) Um. Uh. Anything else about anything else about the trailer? Uh. That 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 jumped out to you? Yeah. No, I think kind of covered it. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. I mean, yeah, it looks good. I think it's uh, it's virtues are plain. (laughs) Yeah. Plain to see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. No, it's uh, it looks cool. Sweet. Um, I don't have anything else. Yeah. And like I said, mainly I know it's a su- super uh, green episode with Doran and I <laughs> digging a trailer. But uh, again, I just wanted like more people to know about the movie. Hopefully, you know, it gets a little bit of a, 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 a hopefully more people see it. Us yeah. Plus the 40 people that listen to our podcast. Uh huh. You know, but uh, yeah, definitely. Also, like just a reminder, even though these big movies are coming out and I love these big movies, like. Don't forget about the small ones. Yeah. Either. You yeah. Know? There's some cool stuff hitting theaters as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's, so uh, flying under the radar for a lot of people. So, so definitely uh, check all of those out too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's it for this week's episode. It's a shorty, but yeah, just had to highlight it. Little, little reprieve after last week's uh, behemoth. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks y'all.